Your mental health is your dopest self But you don't have to tend to it by yourself Get a tribe, get inspired, then you'll get ahead Get someone to talk to, don't keep it bottled in You're beautifully human, you should remember this So it's okay for you to feel emotions At times we all need to clear our heads And when you do, just holler at Therapy by May Welcome back to another episode of the Perinatal Podcast. Today, I am so excited. I am here with founders of The Matrescence, Lauren and Megan. They are here. Lauren is a board-certified psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner focusing on women's health and wellness. Megan splits her time developing marketing strategies for national brands and chasing three toddlers. Uh, I'm going to let them tell you the story of Matrescence and how it was born. Welcome, welcome, ladies. So excited to have you here. Oh, thank you for having us. We're so excited to share our message and how we got started and um, just chat with you about all things motherhood. Yes. So I always like to start out with just to let the audience know, like, how do we know each other? And when I reach out to somebody, I mean, I think we just kind of started chatting naturally anyway. And then finally, I was like, we all come on my podcast. But technically, we met through Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, shared passions brought us together. Absolutely. And we're both in Kansas City. So we are going to be fast friends, I'm sure. Yes, I know. I'm so excited. And that's what's so nice about the show and certainly um, social media for all of its ups and downs, being able to find that con- that community and that connection has been really such a treat for me. Um, yeah. So I wanted to start with you, Lauren. How did you get into nursing? Yeah. Um, ever since I was a young child, I knew I wanted to do something to care for people. Um, I always had a baby on my hip. I started a job, you know, working, nannying and doing anything I could working with little ones. So I always knew maybe a teacher or a nurse was in my future. And nursing was such a authentic route to go down. It just always felt right for me and um, knew that I wanted to help people and landed in kind of that pediatric and neonatal space um, right from the get go. Absolutely uh, loved my time in nursing and spent most of my nursing trajectory in the NICU with the preemies. And really, that's where my passion for what we're doing now started. It was that recognition of moms in the NICU uh, going through that experience and not having the support they needed. And after that experience, little to no follow up. Um, So that I I absolutely loved nursing, but that really is what kind of pushed me in the direction of going back to school and figuring out how to fill the gaps that I was seeing and the encouragement to um, go back for my NP degree with two and a half kids in tow. (laughs) Oh, wow. So you were pregnant while you started that program. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was a journey for sure. But um, I'm sure you feel the same way when you are so passionate about something, it doesn't quite as feel as much like work. So like I said, it just it felt so natural to kind of go down that path. And after the professional um, recognition in the NICU of those women going through that and kind of opening up the story with people around me and realizing the struggle to and through motherhood was not just common and it wasn't just postpartum mental illness. It was all the various experiences of motherhood that are so common, but they still feel so isolating and so many women suffer through them in silence. And it was uh, sister-in-laws, best friends, uh, coworkers that I worked 12 hour shifts with that had been through things that I never even knew about and that they had never been able to find the resources that they need to really process through that. So 
Um, that's kind of what led me to this space. And then my own uh, personal story and struggle with postpartum anxiety and all of that mixed together and recognizing the need both personally and professionally. Um, once I came up for air, this, th- I knew this was my path. Yeah. Gosh. And this is a tangent and I wrote it down. So I will remind myself later, but I'm, that's so interesting that you were talking about like working in the NICU. I'm thinking about the vicarious trauma of NICU workers and like how that also goes unaddressed. I imagine a lot, like, I don't know if there's like a hospital policy in place of like, Hey, we provide you a monthly therapy session, or here's a group chat about the stressors that we've experienced. Or do we debrief when something, I mean, everything in the NICU of course is you know, DEFCOM 2, but like, what do we do when we get to that really traumatic um, experience? Like, is there a huddle? Is there a processing? And so that's, again, not the topic of this discussion, but I, I appreciate you even sharing that. That just came to me as well and how difficult that is for the people who work in the NICU. Right. And then of course, obviously the people who are there experiencing it themselves with their child, with their own birth trauma, um, all of the things there. And we don't, we're, you're so right in the United States, we do not we don't take care of birthing people. We don't take care of the partners who watched it happen. We don't explain to them. We don't follow up with them. And, um, and that's, that's so lovely that you all been able to come together. Megan, I was going to ask, how did you all meet each other to get, <laughs> get to the space? Yeah. So we've been friends for several years now. Our husbands actually brought us together and now we keep them together because we <laughs> have basically become work wives. Um, but Lauren's passion, you know, shines through. And when she was asking, you know, about like, what are your personal stories? And um, not that I've had something super traumatic, but just little things that knock you down that were harder than you thought it was going to be the inevitable storms of, of motherhood and trying to work and balance your career. And um, I had my three kids in three and a half years. So that alone was a lot of babies um, to care for. And during COVID, when she was telling me about this idea of how she wanted to have this beautiful space where people could come and nurse their babies and work on their pelvic floor and their mental health and all these things at once, um, I was like, I love that. You could, but you have restraints there. You can only see so many people a day in a physical space and time is not scalable. Um, and I think that you could touch so many more people if we could somehow do it digitally. So that's when we started having the conversation about how can we meet moms where they are? And that is on their phones in the middle of the night, feeding babies um, at the time in the basement during quarantines. Um, But still, even now that we're moving past that, there's those sick days where, um, you know, it's the highs highs and lows of motherhood. Last night, I was like, can you pick me up and give me a ride for work? She was like, yeah, no problem. But, you know, something will probably come up because we have six kids. And of course, this morning we were 20 minutes late, but you just have to be able to um, find those tools to um, work through those things because they're they're going to happen, um, the ups and downs of life. Even if it's not mental illness, there's so many outside factors that if, that affect all the hats we're trying to wear. Um, so that's what the Matrescence is. It's a digital toolkit, we call it, of stress reduction activities, mindfulness, ways that you can tap into these tools when you need them in the moment. And then knowing that if you need a higher level of support and you need to seek out therapy or medication management, that there is a path for that and we can help you get there. But we really like to lay a a foundation for our members of lifestyle tools that they can reach on a daily basis. So that's kind of where I came in. I kind of butted it and said, can you let me come along for the ride? Yeah. 
I love that though, because you're right. Like however many hours in the day you have is however many butts in the chair you can have, right? That's how many people you can see. And that's such a lovely thing. And there are certain things that have to be done in person and on and on. And the idea that business mind comes in of like, I love that. And then let's elevate to re out continue to outreach even further. Um, that's really, that's really lovely. Yeah. We, we laugh, we often laugh because I would do everything for free and continue to try to save the world. And Megan keeps me in check and doesn't let me give out endless free codes and free sessions. And we're yeah. definitely like peanut butter and jelly as far as skill set. Um, yeah. but that's like Megan said, we're really trying to, you know, shed light on the conversation that, every woman, every mom, uh, every person going to and through this journey could use this support. Um, we are not mental health care. We're kind of that in between where as we were having conversations with women around us and we were talking about what could have helped us through our experiences that were very different. Like Megan said, nothing clinical for her, but various stressors through motherhood. And then I dealt with debilitating postpartum anxiety after, uh, um, medical diagnosis of my oldest that kind of spiraled out of control. So from really mild struggles and the impact of smaller things that still impact your mental health, whether that's breastfeeding struggles or your birth didn't go the right way, even if it doesn't feel like it was as bad as someone else's, you still deserve that space to process through it and to find tools and to talk about it in a safe space. Um, so we really like to try to kind of fill that middle gap between women going to and through these various experiences and then maybe needing that clinical support or that higher tier of care. But we provide that centerpiece that so many women get lost in when you're in the fog of these experiences. We want to hold your hand through those and tell you about all the wonderful resources that exist, give you the one-on-one on pelvic floor care pumping and breastfeeding, mental health care and diagnosis, kind of the one-on-one on all of these things so that you can be informed and have kind of a game plan for if you do need any of those things or know how to differentiate what's normal versus abnormal. Um, so really more of that peer connection and education piece in the middle so that you don't fall through those cracks that exist in our healthcare system. So- so many cracks, absolutely. So many cracks. <laughs> it's, it is so wild to me to think about the different things that we do and have in place and that we certainly don't, especially in relation to other countries or just the idea of an ideal. Like how would somebody feel seen and taken care of afterward? And it's certainly not one appointment six weeks later. Um, and I love that you all were talking about, like, I like to encourage people to not participate in the trauma Olympics, right? Like just because somebody else medically has it worse, diagnosably has it air, you know, worse, doesn't mean that your problems aren't your problems. And we talk about kind of the spectrum of comparison and perspective. Um, so comparison doesn't get us anywhere. It's negative. It's, it's judgment, it's guilt, it's possibly shame and also acknowledging like, okay, it could be worse. So some perspective can be healthy. Um, but I do, I just, I love that you all are talking about this because I always encourage people. I think people are hesitant. No, I know people are hesitant to reach out because someone else has it worse. And so I don't want to bother anybody. I don't want somebody else needs that. Or I don't want to be dramatic. I don't want to. Yes. It's I'm sure you hear it all the time too. And it's such a common conversation and such a barrier for women seeking support. And like I said, we all need the support. We, every woman going to and through this experience, it's such a huge monumental chapter um, in our lives that just 
you know, we forget to care for ourselves. All of a sudden we have these little beings and our mindset and our focus shifts and we forget to take care of ourselves and look inward and see what we need. And I hear that so often is, but I was okay. Or, you know, my baby was okay. Or, well, my sister had it worse. And so they just internalize it. And that continues to tap on them throughout the, you know, next several years or for a really long time. Um, when really everyone deserves that support and that space to process through it and find those resources. Mm -hmm. And I love the idea too. I think that's why I love this. And the, we talked about how we have a love hate relationship with that. We hate strong, but Instagram, (laughs) (laughs) but it's very helpful too, to have these conversations when you're thinking about trying to conceive when you're trying to conceive, if you're having fertility struggles before you're pregnant, while you're pregnant to set yourself up for success ahead of time is I was, I did an episode that um, posted actually posted yesterday with Mika Santamano and she talks yeah. about to have and not need than to need and not have. And so it's, how do we find ways to help people to feel empowered to ask for those things or to say like, I'm going to get this hoping that you don't need it. And also should you being able to feel connected. Uh, and that's why I, I just continue to love for us to sh- decrease the stigma and spread the word. Like literally everybody needs, everyone benefits from having a community around them that is supportive and significant. Yes. Yeah. yeah I was just going to add that. I think that's, that's the hard part with this digital age that we're living in is like the clickbait and the fear mongering and those headlines and that trauma is what draws people in. So I think then it's natural to be like, oh, well, that didn't happen. So I should just be grateful and move on. And that's not the case. And um, we'd love to be able to get into those into those ears before um, you truly need it, because that just makes it so much harder to, to, to seek help, find the help that you really need when you are kind of in that fog afterwards. So we love that um, you're allowing us to sit here today and hopefully reach some of those women that are um, open to hearing different messages and knowing that um, there is support for you out there and you will be well and yeah, maybe you won't need it. Yeah. And those are some of the resources that we are really passionate about and that we talk about a lot in our most downloaded resources. So getting those out there in the hands of people um, to create that education for your support system. We have one that is really created around that and educating your support system on if I were to struggle, how to approach that conversation. Here's some things to look for. Here's some numbers we're going to call if I need them and kind of having that plan in place. And hopefully you don't need it, but then you won't have to kind of navigate that fog or get lost on, like I did old Google discussion boards, like searching for validation uh, in the middle of the night. And that's that sleep deprivation fueled the anxiety. And it was such a vicious cycle where if I would have just had these things in place and my husband maybe knew how to approach the conversation or I had a number to call, um, it would have kept me from years of heartache. And then a six-week postpartum checklist is another one that we're really passionate about because that six-week appointment is so dismal. And even though OBGYNs do care and they want to help you with your mental health, they don't have a lot of time. And our healthcare system is so fragmented that it's 
really focused on, are you physically healing? Um, what kind of birth control do you want? And then if there's time, you might get a minute or two to talk about mental health, but we have kind of a six week postpartum checklist that helps kind of guide you through and track how you've been feeling and kind of write some stuff down. Cause if they catch you at a good moment on that day and you've got your baby out to show off and you're feeling good, you might not want to have that conversation or, um, you might not have the time. It is a vulnerable conversation. And sometimes it takes time and feeling comfortable to be able to put those words out there. So this guide is really meant to help women kind of capture a bigger picture, kind of write down how they've been feeling and kind of have a snapshot so that they can take it to their appointment with them or kind of have those things, um, that they know that they want to say so that they can kind of get those resources from their OB. So those are two of the resources that we really want every mom to have. And hopefully, you know, they don't need them, but, um, those are two that we're great to write it down anyway. I do that sometimes. And I catch myself a provider, a mental health provider myself. I feel pretty confident advocating for myself. And even sometimes I'll go into a doctor and be like, okay, here are the five things I'm going to ask about. And they're like, okay, I'm going to ask for these two. Cause like, these are the most important. And I don't want to, I don't want to waste their time. Like, and so if you can write it out, through ahead of time and have that list and even hand, like bring it and have it in hand um, or on your phone or whatever that looks like meaningfully to you. But it is so helpful. The biggest thing that I consistently know about perinatal mental health, perinatal, the perinatal space, not mental health exclusive, because I've had doulas, I've had midwives, I, you know, is that we don't know so much. It is wild how much we don't know about our bodies. We're taught like what a period is in fifth grade. We're given some tampons right. and out the door, you know, to PE and that's kind of it. And it's just so wild. And so you don't even know to think, to ask the things because you wouldn't know about them to be, because we don't know. And so these are the kind of places where it's like, Hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Have you heard of whatever it might be, it's so helpful for that as well. Yes, absolutely. And just knowing who exists. I mean, I worked in healthcare. I was on my second kid and I look back, I'm like, how did I not know about the resources that exist for mental health, for my pelvic floor, for things I went through with breastfeeding? And I'm like, there's so many women and experts who have dedicated their careers to helping women heal and to helping mothers. And with the fragmented healthcare system, it's just so hard to navigate. So if you know about these people up front, you kind of know the one-on-one and you might need more than one, but kind of prioritizing and figuring out where to turn instead of just working through them on your own and maybe struggling for a long time um, is so important. So important to advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's nice. Like I said, that I like that six week checklist too, because I'm just, I'm just literally picturing myself being like, here's my list of (laughs) all I have to do is have the, it can be so hard to ask for help. It can be, I just want to validate, like, I want to sit and hold some space for people. If like, it's so easy for us to ask these questions and do these things. And like, yes, because we want you to. And also, but like, it's so you get there and like, some people have white coat syndrome, like you get nervous when you are on a provider or we're aware of how fragmented the system is. And we know that they've got 17 minutes to be in the room with us or whatever it looks like. Cause they've got to stay on their schedule. And, um, so yeah, just even, I would, I, I just encourage anybody, if you're afraid to just write it all down and ha- these are my questions. Okay. go. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like too, a lot of times I see, um, 
that OBs or PCPs or pediatricians will recognize that there's a problem and maybe even throw a script to a, a mom. And there isn't that time to have that thoughtful conversation about how long you might need it, what the side effects might be, kind of what concerns they have and really the nuances of treating pregnant or postpartum breastfeeding women, um, with meds. And I think that's a huge barrier to a lot of women, um, even asking because they're, and a lot of women get that prescription I've seen and then don't take it because they're overwhelmed or they're scared or they didn't get the answers they needed. So just so many pieces of fragmentation of women getting the help that they need. We're just trying to shed light on all the resources, whether that is really minor lifestyle changes, and maybe you need these things all the way up through, it's okay to need therapy. I think everyone could use therapy. Um, And it's okay to need medications and it's okay to ask those questions and get the answers you need to make that informed decision for yourself. Um, And there's just so many barriers to it that I think a lot of women just don't even ask or have that conversation. And we're seeing too now more and more, I don't know if it's research or anecdotal or whatever that looks like, because I'm not a medical provider, but they're seeing, you know, two different things that we're recognizing the different classes of medications that are able to be taken during pregnancy, during um, breastfeeding, and then also acknowledging that we're mitigating risks here. And again, I'm not giving anybody medical advice right now, just trying to normalize the conversation that there are some that we're recognizing, like the risk to the baby is much less than the risk to the mom's mental health. Yes. Um, That, that birthing person needs to take care of themselves. And if that is going to be problematic in another way, then we can give some of that to the baby and that's okay. So, and again, I'm not a medical provider, so somebody else can put those into more clinical. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And we have had that conversation a lot. It's kind of those like risks versus risks, or I guess benefits versus benefits, however you want to put it, but looking at the risk of taking a medication versus the risk, you know, of, of not taking it and what that looks like and really having those thoughtful conversations around how, how bad are you struggling and kind of what that looks like for each person. And it is so unique, but then also shedding light on how important it is to treat that if it is severe and you, you know, aren't feeling yourself and it's affecting your day to day, the long-term effects that can have on bonding and on that development of the baby and uh, those long-term kind of, you know, risks of, of not treating it. Mm -hmm. And I think the stigma has impeded those conversations as well. And I think there is a huge wave of change coming. And I think Maternal mental health is getting more attention um, than maybe it used to. I know we talk about, you know, our mother's generation, it wasn't talked about at all. And they did have no support. Um, Women are wearing a lot of different hats these days and the stressors are different. And our generation of moms, our age, you know, it's, it's getting better and there is conversation around it, but I think we're seeing a wave of the generation below us talking about mental health more, having these conversations. And my hope is that they can go into motherhood kind of armored with this information and knowing what resources exist and kind of able to have those conversations without the stigma of, okay, looking at the risks of not taking medication and the risks of taking it and the research and what we know, which is limited because it's hard to do studies on pregnant and lactating people. 
That's right. I was, um, I was very cautious to not be like, it's not it, research because you, yeah. know, you can't put a pregnant person on a medication for research. So, right. yeah. This episode of the Perinatal Podcast is supported by Needed, optimal nutrition for mamas before, during, and after pregnancy. My current favorites are Stress Support with Adaptogenic and Nervine Botanicals selected and dosed to balance and uplift me. Immune Support because no matter the time of year, my children bring home all kinds of germs from school. And Collagen Protein, which helps support joints, pelvic floor tissue, skin elasticity, and hair and nail strength. Use code PERINATALPODCAST for 20% off one-time purchase orders or for the first three months of our one-month subscription option. The Perinatal Podcast is supported by Momanda, makers of exceedingly comfortable and stylish pumping, nursing, and maternity bras. Specially designed clips and straps allow for easy access to feed your little one. The design is specified to support the extra weight and increased size of your chest as milk starts to build. And the beautiful fabrics and colors are created to help you feel sexy and current. Go to Momanda underscore bras on Instagram, us.momanda.cc for my listeners in the States, and shop.momanda.cc for my international listeners. Use code PERINATAL for 10% off your entire order of $40 or more. And it's hard. Yeah, it is. It's hard. And those conversations deserve transparency and candor and time that is so limited in our system. So trying to really educate people and allow people to advocate for themselves and to really look inward and know um, what they might need to be the best version of themselves and the best mom and to be able to make that decision and, you know, as an educated, informed person. Yes, absolutely. Um, so we skipped over this. It's my fault. I told you before we started recording, that I would have you do it in the beginning. And then I, we just started going <laughs> fine. I, I think obviously, because we've made it pretty clear generally what it is, but could you give us a, a, a like a definition of matrescence? Because I do feel like maybe it's a uh, confirmation bias because I'm in the perinatal space now, but I don't know if I really heard about that word very much until I, like, I feel like it's more of a new way of describing things in a more appropriate way. Yeah. I'll let you talk since I've talked a lot. Oh, <laughs> I, know. I, mean, I almost went down this road earlier. And then I was like, I've been talking for too long. <laughs> no, we love it. And I think you're so right. We, um, you know, we spent a lot of time trying to come up with the name of our company and we are like, it's like this metamorphosis, this butterfly, like, you know, we had already had three and a half, a bunch of kids by then. And we had not, and I like came across this word and I was like, oh, this is the most beautiful word I've ever heard. And um, so it's pronounced matrescence and it kind of mirrors adolescence. It's this change that you go through this new chapter. It's monumental. You're a new person. You're changing physically, emotionally, mentally. It's, it's such a transformation each time you have a baby. I think that's important too. I think, you know, we have the first one and maybe you like, a plus you're knocking it out of the park. And then the second one comes across and they humble you, <laughs> uh, which is what happened to me. Both, yeah. <laughs> both of us. It was those second babies yeah. that kind of shoved us down a little bit, but. And yeah. so to just recognize that too, that your family's growing, you're growing right alongside you. And um, it's just a really beautiful transformation. It's nothing to fear, but I think it does need more recognition and just, just to honor it, that you are changing. A lot of things are going to shift for you, um, your relationships, maybe your identity and, and, and to embrace it, 
um, instead of to fear it is what um, we're hoping to do. I know it's hard to say and it's hard to spell, <laughs> um, which has been a little bit of a detriment on our uh, on Marketing our end. <laughs> but I mean, really- Microsoft Word doesn't even know the word. Oh, I know. It's still auto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it is a term coined by a sociologist. So we didn't make it up. It is more known in um, other cultures, which was a blessing that we weren't um, really aware of because a lot of our members on our app are actually from other countries, from the UK and Australia and Canada. And as we know, those um, cultures are more accepting of this change and supportive and give um, families um, a lot more time to heal and come into it. So that's what the matrescence is in a nutshell. I really appreciate you sharing that. And it made, it sparked the thought of the idea of honoring the change and the shift. It's, gosh, was it my second guest ever on this show? We talked about motherhood and identity, Jessica Skinner. Um, she's a clinical social worker down in Texas. And it's so interesting because we know that life is changing and we know that babies are hard. And also we kind of have, we don't kind of, we have a physical bounce back culture. I have talked a number of times um, about these things that pop up that are like, look at all these, look at this Victoria's Secret model who looks surprisingly normal three months after, because she didn't snap back into her or look at this carousel of people of celebrities who did bounce right back and it's like why is that even i get i get that it's clickbait why is that even a conversation that we're having and so then from that too the physical piece we know is shoved in our throats but then also there is this kind of expectation and i think sometimes people aren't really even sure what to look at with their identity of I've lost this part of me. I'm allowed to grieve that, but I'm not mm-hmm. allowed to grieve that because I'm supposed to be grateful that I have this baby. And then, but being able to sit with both, what parts of myself are changed forever? What parts can I, do I want to get back? Do I feel okay letting go of? And that's so individual for every person, but I love that like, this is an intentional conversation that people are having because we're not participating in the idea of a person should do something, should bounce back, should whatever at all. We get rid of should, and we think about intentionally what that looks like for us. Yes. I was actually, I was trying to look for a post that a friend um, put up yesterday and it was just that it was like, how maddening is it that we spend nine months growing this human? And then we're expected to just bounce back and look the same a couple weeks after, but also be this Act wonderful same. present woman and mom. And I think that conversation is so important to fight back against this comparison trap and constantly comparing yourself to the highlight reels of the internet and the filters. Um, and also this like super mom stigma that we all kind of strive for. And that I, I know I'm guilty of in motherhood. Um, it's a fine balance. And I think we struggle to find it sometimes of like sharing the bad and not being fear mongering and the, the realistic pieces of motherhood And also, you know, the internet and Instagram and the comparison trap. And we talk a lot about fighting back against that and that super mom stigma of wearing all these hats, making everything look perfect. And that's just how we have all had to navigate motherhood, which is new. Yeah. And I think, excuse me, also defining our values and living by them. And it's like, as much as I want to fight back against bounce back and all these things 
it's also okay to fight for pieces of you that that are important to you that you want to take with you. I love that I can shed some stuff and let that go and be a new person. But there's also some things that I I want to bring with me. And that's the other annoying part about the internet is if we share like the good and like working out at 5 a.m., then we get blasted because that's what it was like, well, that's important to me and it helps me in other ways. So I fight for that piece. I go to bed at 830. Like, so can we just let everyone be who they want to be? And is what what works for them and not saying like, you're giving someone a wrong message because you're being healthy now, but don't be too unhealthy. Like just live by your values and what's important to you. And that honestly like helps so much in motherhood. It gets rid of mom guilt. It, it helps you um, kind of block out that comparison trap from the internet or from your family members. If maybe yeah, yeah. holiday yeah. traditions are important to yeah. them that they aren't to you, like yes. you just have to kind of, you have to forge your own path. And I think coming back to core values and making a mission statement, which are exercises we have inside of our community, really helpful. When you're in the hard days, you can look at that and be like, nope, I am not doing that because this is important to me. Even though it's making me feel guilty because other people are doing it this way. Like I'm going to come back to my family and my mission statement and the values that I chose to live by, to make those decisions. And it's so helpful. It seems so simple. Even as we created that guide, I'm like, well, I use this. I use it all the time to come back on decisions that I'm feeling pulled to make because I'm trying to like, please the people in the or stands or please in people around me, school community or whatever yes. it is. Like, yes. yeah. I so. love that. And I love that you have that activity because it is so important to be able to recognize like, these are my core values. This is my hierarchy. This is what is important. These are the things where I'm flexible. And these are the things that are my absolute deal breakers. I can't tell you how many clients I have who have people who tell them what they should be doing. Breastfeeding, formula, clothes, school, toys, TV. Everyone has such a strong opinion. And it's like, you literally cannot have an opinion about somebody else. Like I, as a therapist, don't like to give advice because that's not my job, even though I think people think that that's what a therapist does. (laughs) I have ever so often had somebody literally be like, my baby will not stay out, stay in the swaddle. And I don't know what to do. And I'll be like, do you mind if I give you a suggestion? And I'll, like, I have one that I love, which I'm not going to mention on here. They're not a sponsor of the show anyway, but like, it's a very intentional <laughs> thing. Like, I really don't like to give advice to parents ever yeah. because your baby is not my baby. And I am not, like, no one is an expert in anybody else's life. It's only that person. And to talk about, I love, again, to focus on what is important to you. You have taken the time to consider what's important and what your values are. And I listened to an episode of Glennon Doyle's We Can Do Hard Things recently, and they talk about the definition of guilt. And if you are operating within your values, so one of the examples they used of air quotes, the mom guilt is like, my kids are upset because I'm going to dinner with a friend and they're sad. And instead of participating that in a way of like, I'm so sorry, you're showing strong boundaries to your kids. This is important to me that I leave and go spend time with this friend. I'm, I acknowledge and have compassion that you are sad and I will be back. And here's what we'll do after, but it's hard to feel like what the, if we're being true to the definition of guilt, you can't feel guilty about operating within your boundaries. And so acknowledging that somebody else might be upset by your choices is not the same thing as feeling guilty about it. And we can participate that in a more meaningful way and have that discussion because sorry, I'm throwing so many names here, but Brene Brown's, they mentioned this in the podcast, Brene Brown's 
research shows that the people who are the most compassionate are the ones who have the strongest boundaries. Yes. Because I'm not feeling resentful because I allow people to walk on me. And then I can be like, mm, that must be upsetting for you. Tell me more about it. I'm also not going to change what I'm doing, but tell me more. Yes. I love that. We talk about boundaries a lot and I feel like motherhood kind of forces you if you've been someone who hasn't set a lot of boundaries or you've been someone, you know, in your past who people have taken advantage or, you know, you, you haven't set those firm boundaries, motherhood kind of forces you into this, like, Mm. wait, I think I need to set some boundaries and Mm. educating people that boundaries are healthy and the people who are mad at you for setting boundaries or who, who are upset about those boundaries are the ones who are benefiting from you not having the boundaries or having flex boundaries Um, and reminding yourself and coming back to those values and what's best for your family. You aren't going to please everyone. You just aren't. (laughs) Yes. And also honoring that it's really, really hard to do it. Yes. Um, It's easy to sit here and talk about it. And then two, you have to communicate it because that's something I have very recently learned to do is I would like have boundaries in here. Yes. And yes. with my partner. And then no one was telling anyone else the boundaries. And then I'd be like, I can't believe they think we're just going to blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, of course they would think that because that's what we always do. Instead of saying, we're no longer going to travel on Christmas morning because we're setting a boundary here to our room. Um, so it's just, it's, it's um, one of those things that you just have to keep working towards. And um Well, and I love that too, because you've even mentioned, you've mentioned holidays a couple of times now where it's like things that were old traditions that were important to other people. Like, how can we respect that in a way that's meaningful, but also more importantly, first, we have to establish what's important to us, like on Christmas morning or whatever holidays that you celebrate. What is the thing that we want to do? How can we incorporate that into other things? If we can't incorporate that into other people's things, then we'll have to, I love that though, right? It's also communicating it to make Mm -hmm. sure we're like... Oh no, I won't tell you we're not traveling on Christmas morning anymore, do we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I set that boundary in my yeah. head last month. Probably so. tell them before Christmas Eve too. That's uh that's one you need to work on. But... Yes, absolutely. So you all just launched a new program. I I would love to hear all about it. Let the listeners know where can they find it? What what are they gonna get out of it? What does it look like? Yes. Thank you so much for mentioning that. It's our uh, seventh baby. She's out in the world, um, available to download um, on Apple and Android. It's a membership-based community. We've um, worked really, really hard on putting a lot of resources in there that our resources truly we wish we would have had um, before coming parents. And then now as we grow in motherhood, um, as you know, things don't necessarily get easier, they get um, different. And so we are trying to put resources in there that meet you where you are, whether that's trying to conceive or tired moms of three needing to come back to their breath or creating space in their mind with meditation. So we have all of these mindfulness activities. We have a community. So it's a safe place to have discussion boards. It's closely monitored um, by us to make sure that it's not um, going rogue like a Facebook group, um, but it's also protected. So, you know, you don't have to worry about your mother-in-law or maybe someone that you're not open to having a vulnerable conversation with. You can connect with women who've gone through a similar journey as you. So we know a lot of people find validation and comfort in talking to someone who's been there um, or or who is also there. So 
we can have a lot of empathy for someone who's had an experience that we may not have had, but it, it's there's a real deep connection when someone can um, has had that same lived experience. So you can connect in that manner. And then we are super honored and very proud of our expert resource library. All of the education in there comes from credited experts, the special little letters after their name that they have earned and they have shared education, whether that's public floor um, education on safely returning to exercise, what's normal versus common, mental health, um, pediatric dentists who help you identify a tongue tie and maybe your anxiety is coming from this latch. And if we just fix the tongue tie, then you have a latch and then you're a happier, healthier mama. There's a lot of interconnectedness in our health that I think we're trying to connect the dots for people that um, our overall well-being, you have to take mental health into the consideration um, and your emotional health. So we're very proud of our app. It's a membership-based community. It's $9.99 a month or $99 for the year. Um, we'd love for you to check it out. No commitments. And if you need to learn more, just visit our website, thematrescence.com or on Instagram at thematrescence. Um, yes. we, uh, that's, that's where you'll find us on social. We can't handle, um, any of the other cool apps. No, I, I feel like, I feel like an aging, uh, I'm, well, I am an elder millennial. I'm part of the Oregon trail generation of millennials. Right, there we go. <laughs> like I downloaded TikTok and I was like, uh, I don't know. So, yep, we have a thread's name, and that's about as far as we get. So. Yeah, yeah, I'll put all of that in the show notes so people can just go down and click on that as well. Um, because that is so important. And I love, gosh, pediatric dentist you have that's amazing. Like, these are the things that some people again that you don't know what you don't know. And if you don't, you can't ask, you can't advocate for yourself if you hadn't thought like this or that might happen. And so it's so nice to be able to go to a space like this and have somebody, you've got the professionals, you've got the lived experiences of others all in that one space. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a little spot too, as we grow our resource library, we're hoping to pour, you know, resources in each week. And we have a spot that mamas can dig through the resources. And if they're not finding what they're looking for, they can request it. And if it's not in our line of expertise, we will find it for them. So um, that's another thing we're really proud of. We also have an obstetric and neonatal pharmacist that kind of lives in our app for um, consult and can answer questions on medication, whether that's psychiatric medication or any medication while pregnant or breastfeeding, say you're at work pregnant with a migraine, what can I take? Or you're postpartum nursing and you have a cold, what can you take? That's not going to dip your supply. So, um, Mm -hmm. we think that's such a cool value add and, um, Dr. Yeah. Amber Lucas, she is wonderful and has been such a incredible advocate in our corner for what we're doing and, um, sees the needs. So lots of benefits in there. It is, actually pennies a day when you break it down and whether you use it every single day to connect with other mamas or you use it once a month to recenter yourself and, um, you know, read a resource and find what you need. It is worth every penny. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. And again, a a pharmacist too. I mean, that's just, these are the things I got to tell you. I remember the very first time after I stopped breastfeeding where I could take Dayquil and I was like, ah, 
(laughs) (laughs) I know. And it's hard to navigate that when you're sick and you have this baby and you're breastfeeding and you're pumping and you don't know what you can take. And then you take something you're not supposed to in your supply tanks. And then you're, it's a whole vicious cycle that like, maybe we can catch you before that happens. Or maybe you have this tidbit in your mind. You're like, I remember I have a resource for this and you can come ask and we'll tell you what you can take and kind of alleviate some of that pressure, um, that really impacts your mental health through this journey, whether it's, um, you know, small nuances through the day or something more, um, more severe that you need to work through. So I I promise I'm not let you all go, but I just was going to say like, even just that conversation about like, I guarantee you there's somebody who just listened to this show and is like, wait, you can't take Dayquil when you're breastfeeding? <laughs> yes, because of the um, decongestant that can decrease, like, can dry up your milk supply. Like you can't take Mucinex because it can right. dry. I guarantee you there's someone who's like, I did not know that. And like, these are the things. Yeah. That or there's have. better choices or just giving you options and really educating on what those are. And then you can make a decision for yourself. If you really love Dayquil and it works for you and your nursing journey is coming to an end, do you think, you know, but having those conversations and just giving women the options and the education to make informed decisions. That's informed what we're all about. Decision. That's exactly right. So you get to make an informed decision. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I, gosh, I am so grateful to you all to, for coming on. What a beautiful conversation we've had. I'm so excited for people to get access to your community. All of that will be in the show notes. Um, I will, of course, when I post, I'll be able to tag you all and everything as well. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much. And for everyone out there, be curious, not judgmental. Goodbye. If spending time with the Perinatal Podcast is something you value and enjoy, it would mean so much if you could write a review of the show on your app and don't forget to subscribe so you get a notification when new content is posted. Take a moment to leave a five-star rating too. Fresh content is available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your content, and you tuning in to every episode is what helps keep us going. Follow me at Amplify Wellness with Meg on Instagram, and you can find more content by searching the hashtag, The Perinatal Podcast. Our show is executive produced by David Presley and produced by Meg Duke. Our theme song was written and performed by Antoine McDuffie. The Perinatal Podcast is supported by Daily Harvest. It's easy to make fruits and vegetables part of your daily routine with Daily Harvest. Delicious, chef-crafted foods delivered to your door and ready in minutes. I'm a busy mama who admittedly doesn't always make getting my daily veggies a priority, so Daily Harvest has taken a lot of that work off my plate. Organic, nourishing, clean foods with no artificial anything, ready to go in minutes, it's a no-brainer. Use code PERINATAL at checkout for $40 off your first box. 